This episode of Policing Matters is brought to you by Polco. Learn how you can gather resident insights on the state of law enforcement in your community. Visit info.polco.us. Hey, welcome back. You're listening to Policing Matters on policeone.com. I'm your host, Jim Dudley. Hey, welcome back. Uh, I've got an interesting guest today. She's got a long career in law enforcement. She's written two books and she's got all kinds of interesting stories to talk about and tell. Donna graduated from Florida State University with a Bachelor of Science in Criminology in 1979. A few months later, she was hired by the Tallahassee Police Department, one of only five women on the force at the time. Her assignments were patrol officer, field training officer, training unit, training unit, patrol sergeant, FTO sergeant, detective bureau, where she supervised the burglary and financial crimes unit, sex crimes unit, victim advocate unit, and 10 years supervising the homicide unit. Sergeant Donna Brown retired after 26 years of service. She is a law enforcement advocate and the author of the Behind and Beyond the Badge series. Volume one was published in 2017 and won two gold medals in the Florida Authors and Publishers FAPA International Book Awards contest. Well, welcome to Policing Matters, Donna Brown, and thank you for your 26 years of service. Thank you, sir, and thank you for having me. I'm, I'm honored. Yes, yeah, so uh, you are not the first uh, author that we've had on the program, but uh, you, like many others, have the gift of gab, and you somehow took the initiative to put those great stories into book form. What motivated you to put pen to paper or fingers to keys? <laughs> um, actually, I've been told uh, uh most of my life that I should write. And it was just kind of something I really didn't pay that much attention to until 2016. And that's right around the time of uh, the Ferguson incident, Michael Brown incident. And the climate towards law enforcement became similar to what it is now in the country. And honestly, it made me angry and I didn't know what to do being retired. I, I was like, what can I do? Because in social media and mainstream media, it was just, you know, all cops are bad. And I just, that's wrong. As you know, that with over 900,000 law enforcement officers in this country alone, you know, the vast majority are just good people. So I started talking to people and it really became apparent. People never think about the person behind the badge. And that's kind of where my titles came up with. Um, so I started reaching out to retired law enforcement officers that I knew that I had worked with and kind of pitched the idea of, I'd like to tell your story. And it's not just war stories, uh, what you did, what positions you had. I really asked them to open their hearts. I wanted to know the best part of the job, the worst part of the job, career-defining moments, those types of things, how, it, how difficult the job really is and the effect it can have on not just you, but on your family. And overwhelmingly, everybody jumped on board. So the first book, and, and I'll make this real quick though, the first book was all retired people. And part of that was too, 
there is life after law enforcement. You know, uh, one of the guys in the book took his love for baseball and became a major league baseball scout for the Arizona Diamondbacks. So, I mean, there is life after law enforcement. I had no intentions of doing volume two, but the reception to volume one just really blew me away. I heard from spouses of, of law enforcement, law enforcement officers themselves saying, it's nice to know I'm not alone in my thoughts. Retired people, I heard from the general public, I had no idea, I really didn't think about the person behind the badge, you're just like me. And it opened up so many great opportunities for me, especially with speaking engagements. And if I can change one person's mind, then that's what I'm gonna do one person at a time. So I wrote volume two and now volume three, I decided I really wanted to get it out. Um, the first two books were kind of close to home here in Tallahassee in Florida. And that's how um, I got with Dan who's in Colorado. I see. So yeah, humanizing the badge. Gosh, we certainly need that. Um, you know, the law enforcement in particular has been broad brushed with this right. swath since um, since before George Floyd, actually. And, um, you know, it doesn't have it doesn't help that politicians politicize it. And the mainstream media loves to grab a hold of those stories as well. So where do you think we are today? Are we in the middle of it? Are we mired down with no end in sight? Or are we we pulling up out of it? I think we're pulling up out of it slowly. I think people have recognized that some change is needed. I think we're back to how do we get the two together? I, I do think there's still a small faction that tries to push that divide. Uh, not good on either side, uh, but I, I think we're making progress. And that's just one of my goals with the book. And, and I, people tell me, well, I'm not going to talk about the job because people don't understand. And my thought process is at this point, if we don't talk about the job, they can't understand, you know, take the time. And, and that's why with everybody with their story, like I said, my books are a little bit different. They're, these are guys, who, girls who've done the job and they're just truly opening their hearts and, you know, and there's some pretty tough stuff. Uh, Dan's is one. Uh, it's an unusual situation, but in book two, I had an officer who was at home getting ready to go work uh, a Florida State home football game. And he heard shots fired out in his street. He's at home and he comes out and well, he puts his family safely away in the house, gathers his rifle and his gear, his vest, comes out, calls dispatch, says he's on scene. Fire truck pulls in. They start taking fire. He looks down the street. There's a house on fire, sees a deputy car. Um, so he starts looking to try to find where's the shooter. And um, anyway, he finds a deputy that's injured. Another deputy had been shot and killed when he arrived. And he and the wounded deputy end up um, finding the suspect and ending the threat. And the part, yes, it's heroic, it's sad, but the thing that people understand is his wife and kids actually saw all this happen from their front window. And like I said, that's not a normal everyday scenario by any means, but it is, the job has an impact on the family as well. Absolutely. Um, 
And so in the books too, I also have at least one firefighter, at least one dispatcher, EMS included. Uh, I just could never have done my job without all of those people. And I, and I think their stories are important too. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's so encouraging to see so many um, social media apps and groups that are really vocal about supporting law enforcement officers and their families. I think that's yes. really important. And uh, you talk about stories of resilience and courage. And I mean, they're retired people who've done the job and lived to tell the story, right? right. That's, right. I think that's great in itself because I mean, sometimes, and I've discussed this with other guests that it feels like uh, sometimes we're mired in the misery of it. And, you know, in truth, the profession is not for everyone. So if you are, you know, that uh, tormented by, you know, putting on the uniform slowly and going into work slowly and just, you know, telling everybody how awful the job is, then it's probably not for you. I, right. You know, I believe it is a calling. I loved every minute of my 32 year career. Uh, apparently my two sons saw I had such a great time because they joined and, and they're in their careers right Wonderful. now. So I think it's great for people like you retire and you're in the people in your books, the retired people are being vocal and talking about it because I, I think sometimes the sworn or the, uh, the chief or the sheriff, uh, they're very reluctant to speak out about what's happening. And right. they're, they're worried about backlash. They're worried about, you know, social media or the media or, or their own livelihood. And that's right. a shame. So I, I, I think it's great that, that you're speaking out and that people are grabbing onto it. And, um, and the stories of the will to live. And, um, you know, it's, it's kind of like virtual reality, secondhand listening, there, there is a purpose, and we all do uh, glean something from hearing about these stories, right? At least, it makes you think about what would I do in that situation? So um, are, are your people telling the stories or are you yanking them out of it? You, are you, you, do you have them in the dentist chair? You're pulling it out of them. Um, what I actually do initially is I, I tailor a questionnaire to each individual and I send it to them. And I tell them up front, I said, it's gonna take you four to six hours. I said, I don't, I'm not looking for yes and no answers. I'm looking for truly for you to open your heart and be honest and open. And almost every single person who has completed that, sent it back and I've written their stories have told me just how therapeutic or healing that in itself was and something I never expected. And, and I've always said, if I never sell another copy of the book, that in itself was priceless. Um, but in book two, some of the people retired, some are active duty. In book three, it's a mixture of both as well. Dan uh, Bright uh, is, is one, he's still active duty. Um, and I appreciate them all I said, willing to talk about it. I've become very passionate about humanizing the badge. And I'm very, very passionate about mental health and the mental health issues of all first responders. And I'm glad to see that we're slowly making some progress in that, in that positive progress in that direction. Yeah, for sure. 
Well, I would like to talk to you about the writing process. Sure. And you've given us a glimpse already into the questionnaire. That's interesting. Um, I want to talk to you about that in a minute. But first, I'd like to thank our sponsor. Polco's National Law Enforcement Survey provides a comprehensive, accurate, and representative picture of resident opinions related to police services. Compare your results with other agencies around the nation. Align your priorities with community sentiment, build trust, and improve safety services. Visit info.polco.us to learn more. And we're back, and I'm speaking with Donna Brown, former uh, police officer and sergeant and detective with uh, the Tallahassee Police Department. And now she's an uh, acclaimed author, two books, the third one coming out soon, uh, stories of heroism and resilience and survival and uh, police life. Hey, you know, before I ask you about the process, I got to tell you this. Um, you know, I was, uh, I, I teach, right? I, I teach at our San Francisco State University and I was guest lecturing for high school st students from this class out of state. And, and I mentioned something about, you know, funny things that I've seen throughout my career. And they said, oh, tell us a funny story. <laughs> and gosh, darn it. I knew I should have told the story about the skunk with the yogurt cup stuck to his head. <laughs> But I didn't. I, I told about the deranged guy on drugs who thought he was seeing people with no heads. And when I got to the punchline of the story, I realized, oh, no, this is not the story to tell. And, you know, the the response was, oh, that's really sad. And I was like, holy Toledo. Yeah. And I was trying to think of alternate stories, but they were all kind of sad. What is it about cops where we make every situation humorous or it seems that way to me well, i think that's a emotional self-defense mechanism honestly um and that's what i mentioned when i asked everybody in the books to tell me about a career defining moment uh, everybody has one a lot of them say no you know i don't but when they really think about it they do and i and when i give them an example and and this is not funny, but it, it's, it was early on in my career. I was dispatched to a uh, vehicle versus pedestrian crash, uh, and it was a hit and run. And I get there first, and the gentleman's laying there off the side of the road, and it was obvious he was not going to make it um, with the head injury, and but he was still alive. And there's people standing on the curb yelling and screaming at me do something. Uh, EMS had not gotten there yet. I went to my car. I got a blanket. I put it over him. I held his hand. I talked to him. They're screaming and yelling at me. I'm not doing anything for him. EMS still isn't there. And he died. You know, and I got up when EMS got there, I got up and I was, I felt my emotional wall go right up. And that served me throughout my career mm -hmm. and you know I, I, for me that was a career defining moment so it doesn't have to be a big shootout or anything like that so when i tell that people start thinking and i'm like oh my god i do have stories like that and i'm like so yeah and they don't always have to have a moral or nope. or a happy ending no um yeah 
Uh, so you put out the questionnaire. How do you find the people to, to give the questionnaires to in the first place? Well, with the first book, like I said, number one, I, I wanted retired people just so there couldn't be any backlash because I didn't know how the book was going to be received. So I, it was all people that I personally knew and or had worked with. Mm. So I knew they had good, honorable careers. And that's what I went with. Um, book two, uh, I branched out a little bit more um, officers throughout the state, but I still knew them. Book three has been a challenge because I don't know all these people. So I really had to peruse social media, those types of things. So I have officers in this book in volume three, Georgia, New Jersey, Maryland, uh, Connecticut, Minneapolis, Minnesota, Illinois, Colorado, Las Vegas, Nevada. So, I mean, it's taken me longer to do this because I really, I really had to be picky and I don't, I don't want that to sound pompous in any way, but I needed people that I felt have had very honorable and good careers doing the job for all the right reasons. Oh, and I have two from Canada as well, which I really wanted to, to include them. So I'm excited about that. Oh, great. So it's been a little bit of a challenge. I've almost felt like a stalker at times on social media when I come across somebody that I think, you know, I think they'd be a good fit for the book. Well, then I start stalking them on social media. So it's been <laughs> my investigative skills, putting them to work. Yeah. Okay. And so for the, the would-be author who has a lot of great stories in their head, what's your, what's your advice? How, where do they start? I tell people, just write. Just, just write. It doesn't have to be grammatically correct. It doesn't, spelling doesn't have to be good. None of that. Just write. Um, whether it's in the notes section on your phone or you're sitting down at your laptop or you scribble on a piece of paper, just start putting your thoughts down. Um, I personally think nonfiction is easier than fiction. I have had some great friends that write fiction and write crime mysteries. And people tell me with my, my 10 years in homicide, I should write murder mysteries. And I'm like, I am not that creative. Seriously. I, I don't know how these people come up with those stories. So nonfiction is easy for me. And, and I think too, because I'm so passionate about what I'm doing. Uh, I'm passionate about humanizing the badge and, and the mental health aspect. So it makes it easy for me, but just yeah. write, just write. Um, mm -hmm. The other one thing I do tell anybody when they, if they do that and they get to a point of wanting to publish, whether they self-publish or not, and there's so many different options now, is have your manuscript professionally edited. If you're going to spend a penny on anything, spend it on having your manuscript professionally edited. Uh, I'm an avid reader as well, and I can tell when a book's not been professionally edited, and it's, it's hard for me to get through it. Yeah, totally. I know exactly what you're talking about. Um, somebody referred to this book to me. Actually, I'm in a couple of the chapters, and I it was laughable, and I put it down. And um, just as you say, it just it completely takes you away from this whatever story they're trying to tell. It's right. almost impossible. So shifting gears a little bit, uh, I want to get your take on uh, the recruitment challenge in general. Uh, what do we need to do to turn it around? And also, 
Um, we've had uh, the 30 by 30 initiative uh, creators, uh, Yvonne Roman, uh, former chief of Newark, New Jersey, and Maureen McGough from um, the uh, Washington from uh, NIJ. And um, they are darned, uh, you know, the torpedoes moving straight ahead to get 30% raise it. I think we're at around 12% women in policing right Correct. now. That's the last number I've heard. Yes, sir. To, and they want to get to 30% by 2030. And I mean, that's something in itself, but we're in this recruit recruiting challenge. And, uh, um, What's the answer? What's the answer to recruiting? What's the answer to bringing more women into uh, law enforcement? Well, I, that's, a, that's a tough question. I, I, I don't think I know anyone who's at any agency who they don't have vacancies. I mean, they certainly do. Um, I personally think part of, of recruiting is people, again, don't really know what the job is. Hmm. I encourage people who are thinking about it, I go, go do a ride along. Or if you, you know, got the time, go through your department's Citizens Police Academy. At least that'll give you a glimpse. Um, and I, coming straight out of college, I really had no idea what I was getting into. And certainly within the first couple of weeks on the street, it was an eye opener. I'm like, mm -hmm. oh, my God, this is real life. And I look back on that. Um, and that's why I think humanizing the job now is, is even more important for that one aspect. Um, Women, I know I went through some tough times. It was hard because it, it, it is a male dominated profession. And I'm not, I, I've always felt any agency should be representative of their community, whether it's, you know, 30% women or, you know, 10% green people, you know, whatever it is, I've always felt very strongly about that. Um, so I, I think it's a good initiative and I, I, I hope it has much success. Well, I hope you're not serious when, when it comes to retirement communities. Um, their rookies are going to be minimum 55 years old. Yeah. <laughs> well, oh, I've, I've been asked, oh, you want to come back? I'm like, no, I do not want to come back. <laughs> that is a joke. Yeah, I know. And, uh, yeah. So, hey, I can't wait to, to see your third book and uh, read about the stories uh, that you're getting. And uh, I wish you success. It's maybe there's a book there. Maybe there's a book in, you know, first year in policing uh, stories from recruits or stories from first year police officers. I mean, gosh, there's got to be some That's a thought. stories there. <laughs> so what's next for you? Uh, how do our listeners find your books and, and read about what you're writing? Um, the books are obviously they're on Amazon like everyone else's, but if you have a favorite bookstore, a local bookstore, which I encourage people to support, they can order it. Uh, Barnes and Nobles has it too. So that that's, uh, I, you can get them on my website behind and beyond the badge.com. I'm on Facebook and Instagram, Twitter. I'm not a huge fan of social media, but it's really, it's the books that are on, um, and it's, it's what I post. So I'm, I'm out there. You can find me and I'll be more than happy to, if someone's interested in writing, they can reach out. I'll be more than happy to try to answer any questions and help them out that way. Awesome. Hey, thanks. Thanks for taking the time chatting with us today and uh, look forward to hearing from you again real soon. Thank you, Jim. Appreciate you having me on.
Oh, you bet. So that was uh, Donna Brown, graduate of Florida State University, a Bachelor of Science in Criminology, uh, Tallahassee PD, where she served 26 years, and the author of the Behind and Beyond the Badge series. Volume one's out, volume two's out, and we're looking for volume three to come out real, real soon. Hey, to our listeners, thanks for listening and let us know who you'd like to hear from and what you'd like to hear about. I'm happy to try to accommodate and uh, drop me a line. Policing matters at police1.com. Policing matters at police1.com. Hey, stay safe and be good. And I hope to hear from you real soon. I'm Jim Dudley. Take good care. <laughs>